Nothing to Nothing Wrestle. To wrestle. A mini series from the Fourth Wall Pop Network with your hosts, DJ Maddie G, JC Bowles. What up, fam? It's me, it's me, it's JCB, JC Bones in the house, bringing you the 10th installment of Nothing to Wrestle with DJ Maddie G. But Maddie, hold it right there. We are going to skip the pleasantries today because I'm coming in hot, bro. I'm coming in hot. Bring it. This is going to be uncut. Bring it. Uncooked. Bring it. Uncensored. Bring it. Unhinged. Bring it. I am pissed. You wonder how pissed I am? How pissed are you? That I, I, I'm so pissed that I wasted three hours of my life on Sunday night watching what'd, WWE. What'd you do Sunday? I what'd watched Sunday? WWE Backlash. Oh, I did the same. I did the same. Yeah, but I think you may have taken a couple more peep breaks than I did. I was. Yeah, I might have let the dog glued, out a little bit. I was glued to the TV. Not because what I was watching was entertaining me or kept me invested, but my jaw was on the floor just tell, asking myself, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Like, <laughs> what was the point of that entire pay-per-view? There was no character development. None. No storyline de- development. No. no titles changed hands. Nope. It was Wait, the, can, I, I feel that in the title picture, the wrong person won a couple times. Uh, you think so? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, because I, I agree with you. There were a couple titles that I think should have uh, should have changed hands and very easily could have, and it would have made sense in the big picture. Mm-hmm. Let's run down this card real quick. But by Let's the way, um, Backlash 2020, the, sub, the subtitle name is Backlash 2020. What's the point? Let's just keep that in mind. You've been, say, you've been saying that for card. days. Dude, I, I think I was I, so furious at the outcome of that entire pay-per-view. I think you sent that to yeah. me on Sunday. I, I'm pretty sure I did. That's all. Yeah. That's all I could say was, "What's the point?" I, uh, I, I have, I, I, I found two little nuggets in that entire pay-per-view that I liked, and for three hours, two nuggets just doesn't cut it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I waited three hours just to watch Edge and Orton, which we'll get into that match later. But what a freaking match! That's, Again, you have two legends like like them in the ring. They're gonna put on a clinic for you. Yeah, especially considering they had editing. Yeah, they probably wrestled for an hour and cut it down into thirty five minutes. Well, that that match was close to I don't know. Was it close? To, was it thirty five or close to forty five? It was probably closer to forty five. I think it was a forty. Yeah, it was a pretty long match. But, uh, but yeah. Well, no, before no, we talk about yeah, the good, let's, let's talk let's about start some the of the shit. Let's All start right, the so let's start off with the, the triple threat women's tag team match. Now, I don't know if this excited <sighs> but the, the thought of it did. The thought of the rules is what, what really got me invested in the match at the start, was how they Big start time. off with three, the triple threat. Three in at one time. I was all in. I looked yes. at Jennifer. I'm like, this is great. Now now, now it's a, a, a melee. It's almost tornado rules. That, that's almost, exactly. Almost. They They... They open up with these are the rules of the match. You could only tag in your own tag partner. There's going to be triple threat rules where the three superstars are in the ring at the same time, which I love that rule. Big that time. should be the rule for everything, for every trip, every, every multi tag team match, yep. you know, three or more. But like I, I said, like that it, they- it, 
I like that they explained it. They took a moment to be like, yo, here's the rules. Because there's so many matches I watch where I'm like, wait, why does this guy have a chair? And then they're like, right. oh, just, just so you know, this is a no-holds-barred match now. And I'm like, well, you know what? Tell me that shit in the beginning. You, you know, the beginning, when, right. when the microphone comes down in the middle of the ring in Madison Square Garden, Michael Buffer grabs it. He says, X amount of minutes, X amount of rounds. These are the rules. These are the fighters. I like how they did that this time. Right. And then right. it all fell apart. Exactly. They explained the match just so they could break the rules and it, it, it was a, it was a clusterfuck yep. and within that clusterfuck it really made some people's weaknesses really shine it could have been a very good fast-paced match because there was so much going on because you do have some really good talent in there i'm sorry but billy k has to work on her timing yeah. Yeah. You know what? The, that being said, I think Peyton Royce did a fine job, but yeah, Billy Kay, Billy Kay, it, it could be some ring rust. I mean, come on. We've only seen the Iconics for a few weeks. How many matches have they had? But yes, I definitely concur. Billy Kay, uh, and, and her reacting time too. There was a couple of, of, of shots that she took where it was like shot sell. Right. Exactly. Her, her timing was like off and it really, really stuck out because everything was so fast paced. Then yeah. you get to a, a, a segment with her. And like you said, there, there was like that little hesitation on the cell and it, it was just it, it threw me off. Now, Alexa Bliss looked great. Her in-ring skills have they get better every time she's in the ring. You could tell that she actually goes to the PC and works on Puts her craft in. in the ring. But you can't really get over when you're when you're stuck in a match like this you can look as good as you want in that ring but if everyone else around you is shit yeah it's hard it's really hard for you to really stick out because it takes two to tango in a ring i mean you know you've been in the ring before the person (laughs) has to sell the person has to help you help put you over so that match did nothing for alexa but then let's look at the results sasha and bailey fucking retained the belt just just why why do they need two belts why are they going to try to they planted the seeds for a feud between the two of them so that's a championship feud right there it's just another reason to let them walk onto whatever episode they want i don't know why they think that the new bailey is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow but it's not it's a fucking puddle they get to the end of the rainbow and it's just wet dirt man uh it's it's not an exciting title run I don't like their chemistry at all. I don't like the forced badass that Bailey is. When Rocky turned, when Die Rocky Die happened, I believed it. This guy poured his heart and soul into it. He went in there. They gave him a stupid gimmick, and he tried to get it over with, with the Rocky Maivia. And then there was the Nation of Domination, which he could really sink his teeth into. But the Die Rocky Die came, and the guy snapped. I feel like Bailey is a microwave version of that. They put her there. They hit two minutes on Nuke, and she popped out and went, girl, I mean, take the fucking belts off him. And you know what? I know you said Billy Kay needs some help, but put him on a real tag team. I like Alexa yes. Bliss and Nikki Cross. It's a funny thing. I want to see Alexa Bliss go back to singles. That's just me. Put them on a real tag team. Do me a favor. There's the Iconics, right? Rattle off some more actual tag teams in the WWE's women's division. I'll wait. Hmm. Do you hear any crickets? Because I can't name any. Put the belts on them. Yeah. They're a real team. Their shtick works. They have tag team moves. They, the, the iconic 
That thing is gold. It's yeah. great. They are a real team. They're not the WWE version of two singles competitors shoved together. Now, don't get me wrong. Every now and again, it works. I bring them up all the time. Loved what they did with the bar. I don't even mind what they do with Nikki and, and Alexa. But, man, take the belts off of Sasha and Bailey. It's just yeah. – it's, it's just – it's roadkill. It's literally driving over a deer that's been dead on the highway for weeks. Exactly. And every other legitimate tag team they had in the women's division, they broke up. They had the Riot Squad. They had Team Kick with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Yep. They had um, Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, whatever. I forget what their name, their tag team name was called. But you had legitimate tag teams for a while mm-hmm. that you were building in developmental just to break them up. Oh, then you have the Riot Squad, which don't even get me fucking started on the piss poor booking of the Riot Squad. And where the hell is Ruby Riot? But I digress. So... Before I, I get into the rant about how much I love Ruby Riot, let's go on to the next match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This next match, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, was one of the matches on the card that made me want to watch Backlash. Really? Now, was it was it the story or was it the talents in the match? It, it was the more the talents in the match. It was not okay. the story. Uh, again, I, I was very vocal about it. I did not like the poor taste Correct. Uh, of the storyline. I did appreciate the promo work from both Hardy and Sheamus leading up to Backlash. Yeah, the SmackDown uh, promo. Especially last week with the piss test, and it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. And split. Yep. I appreciated that. Uh, and also the, the facials, like watching Jeff in the ring on SmackDown with Renee Young in the microphone, like the way Jeff was talking. You could tell Jeff was talking from the heart because he's been there. He's lived it. And you can see by the way Renee looks at Jeff, she's like, wow, he has to be hurt and saying this. Like, I can't believe he's right. going through this. And that that moment right there sucked me into the story a little bit more. Okay, so you got you got interested in the emotional investment. In the emotional investment. Okay. But then Seamus just kicked the shit out of Jeff Hardy and beat him clean one, two, three. So here's my question. Yeah. Are they burying Jeff Hardy? Oh, no, they're going to do exactly what they did to Matt Hardy. They're going to beat him down so badly that everybody loves him again, and then his contract's going to end, and he's going to go to AEW. Look what happened with Matt Hardy. I mean, they had him come in. They're going to do the same thing with Christian, man. They had him come in, talk shit to to, uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton beat the ever-living hell out of him, got the guy over. They gave him primetime TV time. Now, here's the question. I have no problem if they're quote unquote burying Jeff. Jeff is Teflon. The guy's a legend. He's a quote unquote first ballot Hall of Famer, all that other garbage. My question to you is are they going to do anything on earth to propel Seamus this time? Seamus to me still has WWE main eventer written all over him. A true heel monster body guy of that size. That's the guy that should be challenging Drew McIntyre next. A Seamus versus Drew McIntyre, I can buy into. But if they're just going to beat the ever-living shit out of Jeff in a pay-per-view to send Seamus packing in or pit him with some other tag member in a few months, it's a wasted talent. Right. I think right now Seamus is kind of lost in the singles division. As much as I would love to see him back in the title picture, Yeah. I think his best bet is to uh, join uh, – I'm sorry – is to get Cesaro and reignite the bar because that was when I think they both, they both, including Cesaro, had some of their best work together as a team. And I, I love that. And the tag team needs a shot on the arm. So bringing back a team like the bar could be that shot in the arm to help ignite the tag division. I definitely agree. Uh, one of the things that's helping, you know, AEW compete in the ratings, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that says one 
program's killing the other. If you look at it from 30,000 feet, AEW's inking out a little bit of, of a win, but basically they're pulling the same rating. Um, you know, I, I think that the fact that AEW is offering that tag team thing to me means that people that are a fan of that style of wrestling would be more apt to tune in on a Monday or a Friday without an opposing show playing if they were to showcase some tag team wrestling. And man, the things that Sheamus and Cesaro do, I love the bar. I mention them almost every week. That's probably my favorite situation in recent memory of two singles that I liked becoming a team and still liking the team and not as a gimmick. I look at Miz and Morrison as when are they going to split up? Not they're a real team. Right. So with AEW, ever since they announced the, uh, the launching of all elite wrestling tag team wrestling was one of the, was in the forefront of their creative mind. Young bucks said they wanted to main event, a pay-per-view, a big event with, a tag team match. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about AEW real quick. Then we'll get back to backlash. Sure. Look, what look what they're doing over the past three weeks. They're already showing long-term storytelling between the Young Bucks and FTR. Oh. Over the past, and it is so so fucking good. Like WWE has to be watching that product and taking some fucking notes. I feel like this is going to be a year-long burn because of the other teams that they have involved right now. They've got, first of all, I love the fact that uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian are getting a more front and center line right now. I think they're going to be a legitimate tag team moving forward, and, and I'm, I'm okay about that. I think that with Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc and with the Butcher and the Blade and with Private Party and with other teams, I, Private Party... Okay, a little bit of work is needed. Whatever, no big deal. They're young. They're very entertaining. They're not necessarily my cup of tea, but I like the progress that they've made in the past six, seven months since you know since all this started. Eight, nine, whatever. I'm I'm off on my math, but um, I, I feel like they're going to give us a year long burn, and it all in again is when. FTR and the Young Bucks are finally going to touch. I think they're going back to old school territory storytelling where we've got these two massive teams who have done it all respectively, but never really cross paths. And then when they finally cross paths, you let it go, you let it go, you let it go. And then you sell out the Cow Palace or the Georgia Dome or the Spectrum or something like that. I have a feeling that as much as they're putting a lot of their eggs into their dynamite show, they're not going to give that away. That's a pay-per-view match that people have been waiting to see for going on five years. I think we're going to get a one-year build where there's going to be stare-downs and maybe some pull-aparts, but they might never touch until next year. And I'm excited about that. Let's get that going on the red brand and the blue brand. Yeah. Long-term storytelling. What a fucking concept, right? But now let's stay on the topic of tag teams. If they are burying Jeff, Mm-hmm. until his contract's over, oh, yes. then Jeff Hardy has to end his career in the Hardy Boys with Matt Hardy. Do I'm, you agree with me on that, or do you think they should end their career in the Broken Universe as Brother Nero and Broken Matt Hardy? Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I know you don't keep up with, with AEW as much. You're, you're, not, you're not watching live on Wednesdays. Um, they have been going through all of the versions of Matt Hardy. Right. I think that if we get Jeff Hardy, we might get three different all Jeff versions. Hardys. We might get Brother Nero and Jeff Hardy, and then Jeff Hardy is a singles guy. We might have we. <laughs> Hi, Matt Goshen, <laughs> work for AEW. Damn glad to meet you. Um, they might look into that situation 
where, you know, you have broken Matt Hardy doing whatever the hell that whack job is doing when Jeff comes in. Have Jeff go as a singles run. And even then, let them reunite six months down the road to another huge pop at a big pay-per-view. Uh, do, do they have to be the Hardy boys? Absolutely. Do they have to be broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero? Absolutely. If you have multiple personalities or gimmicks, a la a Mick Foley, then utilize all of them mm-hmm. to the end of the career. Absolutely. Now, I'm hoping that they're not uh, burying Hardy. I hope that Jeff Hardy ends his career in WWE the way he's meant to because he is a former champion and has mm-hmm. a hell of a career as a Grand Slam champion. Uh, do you think this feud with him and Sheamus ends or is it going to continue at TLC? I'm sorry, not TLC. Uh, Extreme Rules. Um, you know what? The two of them are really, really fit. They're a good fit. Mm-hmm. They're Lego pieces for a TLC. I'm sorry. An, <laughs> you, you put it in my head. For, for an Extreme Rules match. You know, right. a no DQ, a last man standing. Sheamus is a battle-tested warrior, and Jeff Hardy is one of the toughest sons of bitches ever to lace up his boots in the WWE. I, I think that is a dream match situation right there. However, I think that that needs to be a match that happens outside of the PC, be it a cinematic match or not. I just think that, you know, having them run around the PC uh, with the plexiglass boards hitting each other with chairs isn't really going to work. Uh, also, we have seen an awful lot of the cinematic matches happening so far where a lot of Jeff Hardy's mystique is doing that shit live, man. You know, uh, 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 a videoed swanton bomb means that he could land on a pad and they can edit that out to him doing whatever. Whereas when you're there live and he does that off the, the Titantron, you're there live and he did that off the Titantron. So do I like their storyline? I think if they really injected some thought into it and decided to move forward with it in a big way, yes. If they're trying to eke out one more pay-per-view, I'm really not that excited. Yeah. I only have a feeling that it's going to happen because if you look at the Extreme Rules logo, mm-hmm. it is very Hardy Boys-esque. Yeah. The green and the mm-hmm. colors and the font kind of gives me the t- Team Extreme vibes. So I have to – you would have to assume that it might be going that way. Yep. Let's move on to the uh, Raw Women's Championship match, and I do not want to waste too much breath on this match. It was, I won't even comment. This is all you, brother. All right. Nia Jax versus Asuka. It was a fucking waste of, the, of a match. Nia still sucks. Nia's, Nia doesn't just suck in the ring, but her facials, you know, she doesn't know how to sell. Her, her, her no-sells piss me off, first of all. Like, the whole beginning of that match, she was just no-selling everything that Oscar was giving her. Her facials suck. And it ends in a double countout. Let me ask <sighs> you the same question I asked you earlier. What's the point? Okay, I know I said I was going to lay out on this. That's my problem. There's no point, especially because I felt later in the card, there was a good chance for a double countout that would have made sense. This was, by all means, horrible. And I've always been pissed about how they treat Asuka. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just I think it's time. I've mentioned it before. I've used this exact catchphrase. It's time to cut bait with Nia Jax. There's not a whole lot she brings to the table except for her size. You know, if Vince is still being a sizist and likes the big, then I completely understand but just Tamina the shit out of her. Have her be somebody's heavy, have her walk around ringside, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not even a fan of her promos. Even when she tries to put voice inflection in, it's just, it's, 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 it's slumber time at the G house. My man, she starts Mm -hmm. talking. I start snoozing. Um, I I think it was an absolute travesty of a match for Oscar. Um, 
considering considering the fact that if you cut if if, if you cut it down, I mean, I, I believe that winning the women's money in the bank, climb the corporate ladder match, had to close my eyes for that one to get it all out, was a big, big deal and a very hard thing. And it was an excellent match. By all means, I absolutely loved it. We've discussed this before on the podcast. But for all intents and purposes, they handed her the title. And then this is her title defense? Yeah. A double count out? <clears throat> on a card where they're toting, touting the greatest wrestling match of all time, you have Asuka go against this seemingly unbeatable beast of a woman, and it ends in a double count out? Asuka's the baddest bitch on the planet. I'd put Asuka up against any other woman in the world. Dream match for me, Asuka Tessa. That is my dream match. And that's all it was. So apparently I wasted more breath than you wanted to. I apologize. But I I, I take that belt pretty seriously. You know, I I think the women's division in WWE is head and shoulders above the other women's divisions. Um, And I hate what they're doing with both belts. One person I love, one person I hate. And they're screwing up both situations, I believe. They need to bring Fit Finley back because Fit Finley was doing wonders for the women's division. And when he was part of the... um Black Wednesday releases the 20 mm-hmm. plus superstars and yep. producers. Uh, that's when we think just started going downhill again. They're trying to overcompensate to create a star or force a star down our throats. Cause now Becky is gone when they're not looking at the talent they already have and, and just making, making the stars they already have into main event superstars like Oscar. And if but, you have to bring some women up, NXT is loaded with women's loaded, talent. Loaded. Bring, bring two women up. Yeah. Where's Bianca Belair been? Where has now I don't know for sure at all. She was on raw and then she's just completely off. I don't know. She's been on main event. Really? She's been wrestling on main event, but she's not been on raw at all in weeks. Probably because they don't want her to get her involved with the street profits. Cause street profits are doing they are wonderful cinematic masterpieces with the Viking Raiders. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about another championship match from Backlash, the Universal Title Handicap Match. First of all, why? This is doing nothing for Braun's Universal Title reign. Why is he facing Miz and Morrison, who are a tag team and shouldn't be a tag team, and the, the person who gets the pin is the sole universal champion. First of all, Braun Strowman already has bad luck defending his title in handicap matches. He lost the IC title to Sami Zayn in a handicap match at the at one of the last pay-per-views. Now, first of all, the match wasn't even good. Nope. There was definitely some timing uh, issues. I Miz saw John Morrison from- miss a couple things that you don't see John Morrison miss. Yeah. Yes. And the Miz, uh, one, one blatant, one middle of the ring, Miz wanted to go throw a roundhouse. It was like five feet away from Braun's face. Braun still sold it. Yeah. Miz still sold it. And I, I was like, even though it's on TV, I mean, and there's no one there. I, that was so blatant, dude. The, the friggin' foot was like five feet away from his face. Uh, and, and, dude, Miz and Morrison, hey, 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 ho, ho, ho. Whatever the fuck that music video was. Oh, my God. Got to admit, I liked the first one, but this one was just terrible. So bad. It wasn't catchy. Nope. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, that does, it's not catchy to me. I, I don't like it. And it, I it, hated it, how when they were showing the music video, they kept showing the, uh, the hard camera view also of Miz and Morrison in the ring. I don't want to see Miz and Morrison in the ring. 
just show me the video. Let yeah. me keep my focus on the video so I can see what this is all about. Especially during a pay-per-view. I can, I, people used to complain when they would pan out to the crowd during the Firefly Funhouse, but mm-hmm. I can understand that because it's broadcast on live television. Right. Vince wanted people to know it was still WWE because the production quality was high and it looked like a show and all that other stuff. Right. This was a pay-per-view, man. Just show us the damn video. The WrestleMania video. has 15-minute long video packages in the middle of their show sometimes. Just right. show us a three-minute music video. Did nothing for any of the parties in the ring. Don't know what they're doing with Miz and Morrison. I almost wish Miz, uh, I'm sorry, Morrison did not sign with WWE. I'm sorry, they put Morrison on NXT. Put him in NXT. Put him in some feuds with Adam Cole. I said to Jennifer, I I miss Johnny Mundo. I miss Johnny Mundo Impact. I miss Johnny Mundo Impact, Lucha. I don't like John Morrison, and it's not John Morrison's fault. He gets over everywhere else he goes. He's one of the top guys everywhere else he goes. He's in the title picture, or he's in some sort of feud. He is in a situation where things are happening and people are paying attention. And here he is just Mrs. Lackey in a music video in a handicap match against a champion who has had one of the worst universal runs ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even remember who he defended it against first. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't. I don't even care. It's such. It's it's the road that Oscar's starting to walk now. It's such an inconsequential. I think Mm -hmm. Bailey's run is a bad run. I dislike it. Bronze, I just don't care about. Yeah. With Braun, it was too little, too late. Braun should have had the title years ago. It shouldn't have happened now. No. No, they, they they missed they missed the Strowman train or whatever the what, what do they call it the uh, the Strowman locomotive or the Strowman oh, oh yeah I did like that shirt though I wanted to get that shirt yeah because now it says it on the uh, on the Titan Tron when he comes out with his entrance music yeah yeah well it's because it's it's the the, the, the whole Strowman woo. fucking look oh my god <sighs> you're gonna take the Strowman train straight to Claymore Country when you get there you're gonna burn it down. <laughs> He's nuts. Anyway, moving on. So there was another segment that happened backstage. They were interviewing AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. The one good thing that I, I, I'm liking right now is AJ Styles' gimmick as the greatest WWE, I'm sorry, the greatest champion in WWE history. Which I'm loving. I love it. I love that he's the IC title right now. Absolutely. I still wish I wish they would have put Daniel Bryan and Styles on Backlash, but I think they were afraid if they did, they would have oh, outdone yep. Edge and Orton. <laughs> They're going to live out wrestle the world's greatest wrestling match. Yeah, exactly. I that, agree that, with that, you. That they, that they recorded a week and a half prior, but I think that's why it happened. Now, it was a very quick, uh, quick segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's announcing – his Intercontinental Championship celebration for this week's SmackDown. Right, uh, which I'm going to tune into. I'm going to check it out. That's going to be happening, obviously, after we record this. So I don't know what's going to come of that. But did you notice Samoa Joe talking about how AJ Styles is a great champion and he deserves the title and how he hopes he has time to celebrate with his family? And then he looked right at the camera, Samoa Joe, with this look like, like, I didn't forget we still have some unfinished business, but the way he said, I hope he gets to celebrate with his family makes me think like, Oh, Joe, are you kind of dro- dropping some hints there? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because we didn't talk about this in our pre-show meeting. And this is one of the things that I had mentioned in the group chat after backlash. I feel like somebody got 
into his ear and said, be the heel commentator. In the past weeks when he was working, I felt like he lent credibility to the booth. I felt like he lent a technical edge. I felt like he ent- uh, lent a-, a good color to the right. situation, color commentator. Mm-hmm. I liked what he was doing. I feel like at Backlash and, and subsequently since, somebody said, oh, you're our new heel commentator. He does the classic heel commentator bullshit that was funny when I was a kid in the 80s. And it was okay in the 90s because it was over the top. And I've learned to despise in the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s because it's like, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Corey Graves. But when Corey Graves goes, what, what? Oh, that, that guy didn't have a foreign object. It was just, you know, uh, the pancake syrup or whatever it is. Right. When, when you're playing an asshole, it just doesn't work, man. Let Joe be Joe and do his thing. I, I, I did kind of notice that. I didn't notice it to the extent that you did. I got a chuckle out of it, and I think I might have laughed while he looked into the camera. I might have missed that part. But I feel like they're pushing him to be the one-liner, always on the side of the heel asshole commentator. I and I don't think it. that suits him. No. I want, I, I've been saying it since he, he first sat behind a commentator table. I get Taz vibes, not because of the way oh, yeah. Joe, Joe and Taz are similar in the ring and similar in stature, but look what happened to Taz. Taz got injured. He got put behind a booth because they needed someone. They're like, wow, he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Let's keep him there. And he ended off his career being a commentator. Now, obviously, he was plagued with injuries, so that was a different scenario, but I really hope they give Joe – a chance if he's cleared to get back in the ring please let him wrestle you know i need to see him wrestle because he did not have the greatest of runs that he he probably could have had yeah in when once he got to the main roster don't forget he he was been around for let's say what is it four wrestlemanians he's only been in one of them because he's been injured during the other three he needs to have another run and i want to see him back in there i don't want him to get tazzed and end up at the commentator table for the rest of his career yeah me, me neither and and yeah and i mean Taz is already over in AEW. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if there would be a market for a Joe there, especially not as a commentator. But you know, get him back in the ring. WWE. He's an asset. He he he. Yeah. The credibility we felt that he lent the first couple of weeks behind the table. He definitely lends in the ring. The He's ring a room. big killer, badass guy, and he can play both ways. Well, not hard both ways. He can be a horrible heel or a really get behind tweener. He's not a white meat. It's not going to happen. I don't believe. I don't want to see him smile. But Kevin Owens is a pure baby face. Pisses me off. Kevin Owens is a tweener as, as the, uh, I'm not a fan of like the working man's good guy thing that he's kind of got going on now that they're really pushing that stone cold envelope with him. Um, but, but I don't want to see that happen to Joe either. I I, want to, Oh, I mean that I do want to see happen to Joe, put him back in the ring, let him be that, that cool tweener or that killer heel. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I picked up a little caveat. It could mean nothing. Cause I know he just recently became the permanent member of the com of uh, the raw desk. But, hey, I, I saw it. I would love for them to uh, elaborate on it, but who knows if they will. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the WWE Championship match. Uh, Bobby Lashley taking on Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Great great match. Start, I, start until almost the finish was a very good match. I, and I like this killer Bobby Lashley. I love the new full Nelson. Love I'm it. a fan of the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the match was a really entertaining match. I thought Drew was having one of his more athletic competitions with another big guy. And then, uh, I don't know. I must've blacked out. I, I don't know what happened. All right. Well, Lana 
fucking oh, the entire oh, match. Yeah, yeah. Lana ruined the match. I'm glad it took him until now to finally Lashley and her to get the divorce. And now Lana's going to be out of the storyline, just end the fucking storyline. I love what they do with Bobby. I love how they paired him with MVP. Yep. I love that Bobby has worked on his offense and the moves he brings to the ring now are great. His mm-hmm. spine buster, his spear. His Cole spine Nelson. buster? The guy goes like seven feet in the air. No, I love it. He doesn't try to uh. do a brain busters or, I'm sorry, a stalling suplex to everybody. Remember how many times he tried to do that when he first came up? Oh, and, and then just walking around. Uh, yeah. yeah, he couldn't do it to everyone. He could, it was, he, he's a big dude. He's a strong guy, but he's not that strong. You know? But I love what they're doing with him. But then, like, this, I... This is one of the matches where the wrong person went over. See, we disagree there, but I absolutely understand and agree with where you're coming from. I just wouldn't take the belt off of Drew. But please, elaborate on why you feel that Bobby should have gone over. Okay, you want to talk about white me babyface? Drew McIntyre is the definition of your white me babyface. Drew McIntyre is only going to get over as that babyface that they're trying to push him as with a live crowd. Unfortunately, he has not had that live crowd since before WrestleMania. You know, the whole three, two, one, that's to get the crowd behind him. When that he, happened two or three times, yeah, it killed. When he won the Royal Rumble. I'm not going to WrestleMania. We are going to WrestleMania. When I point, I want you to point with me. Then the pandemic hit and the crowd went away. Yeah, he's a great champion. I'm sure he could put on amazing matches, probably probably five-star matches if you put him in the ring with the right people. But without a crowd, he is not the champion to help carry the, the company right now. I think, I think you take the belt off of him, lose it to someone like Bobby Lashley, which, again, could be a credible loss. Bobby oh, Lashley yeah. is worth it in the ring. Everyone knows about his run and impact, how he's undefeated in Bellator. You know, he had he has held championships in WWE before and, mm-hmm. EC, and WWE CW at the time. Mm-hmm. But why not? It took him 13 years to get that title match. Give him, give him the match. Fine. Have MVP get involved in some way. Have Bobby win, win the title. Take it off of Drew. Drew doesn't have to be a chaser for it, but Drew gets... Drew is over without the title. And also, not to bring politics into it, due to what's going on in the world right now around us, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt to put the belt on an African-American champion. You already have Apollo Crews carrying U.S. title. You have the New Day carrying the tag titles. Give it to Bobby Lashley. Have your WWE champion be an African-American male. Two years in a row. Kofi Kingston last year, Bobby Lashley this year. You want to make history? Make history again. And I rest my case. Yeah, there's there's no – my only argument of that whole thing was just taking it off of Drew so quickly. Mm-hmm. I think I, I completely – like I said, I agree with all of your sentiment. I agree with everything you've put out there. I think that's a great truth. I would also think it would be a better truth if we knew when crowds were coming back because I can right. see him being sympathetic. Absolutely. I feel like if you take the belt off of him now with no crowd, it's the same as having the belt on him. It's a damned if you're doing, damned if you don't. Drew McIntyre feeds a crowd, but the crowd makes Drew McIntyre. So I think that if he were to lose the belt right now, he would just go away. Right. Let, let's think of like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you think Austin would have been as over if he was uh, working in empty arenas? No, compared to the way he was in the edge, where, where the, the hell yeah, they give me out. a beer, the yeah. what? 
Come on. He, he would not be the number one merchandise seller t- to this day if it wasn't for the live crowds that he was what? performing for every single week, right? What? You have to have the crowd to feed off of. Drew needs what? the crowd. Yeah. You know, no, again. I, I completely agree. I just feel that if they take the belt off him now, he's going to drift into nothingness and maybe not make it back. Other right. than that, I agree with everything you said. And I've been saying, I mean, not on this podcast, but I've been saying for a couple of years now, put the belt on Bobby, man. He is a right? believable champion. Yeah. He's a guy I can get behind. He's a guy, if his merch wasn't just that one fucking T-shirt with his mm-hmm. fingers pointed out, I'd rock his shirt. He's yeah. Bobby Lashley. He's a legit badass. He's former military. He's a real cage fighter. He, I just, I love the shit he used to do. The, the just like, like street side interviews with Impact when he was just outside in the rain with his boys in front of the arena in street mm-hmm. clothes. He's real, man. He's got some grit. Stick a microphone in his face, put a camera up in his grill, and have him just be like, yo, I'm a badass. Come fight me. You're going to lose. I just think the timing got off for him. Yeah. They need to let Bobby be Bobby and stop trying to make him into a character of the almighty or whatever you want to call him. Stop. Just let him be Bobby. How uncomfortable did he look in the restaurant scene with Lana with before Lana. the fight broke out. Just like, like he doesn't look like a comfortable. I believe him as a fighter. I believe him as a killer. I believe him as a badass. He's not an actor. No, no. Like just watching him fucking suck on Lana's face on raw, which is, Oh, like, Oh, anyway. All right. Moving on. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, um, before I go on, I hope they don't fucking bury Lashley now, and I hope they oh. do more of this. I think Lashley and Drew are going to continue this feud until Extreme Rules. I would hope so. I would hope it goes beyond Extreme Rules. Those are two big dudes who clash well that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. another legit title competitor that you feel right now? Okay, I'm saying this weird. My, my, I'm sorry. My English skills just completely lost. Who else right now do you feel is legitimate enough to challenge Drew for the belt on that show in these times? You can make an, a, a case for Kevin Owens because he mm, hasn't I, been in the picture for a while. But I don't know, man. Kevin Owens is in a pretty decent program right and, now. And he's in a pretty good program with the U.S. title. And also, he's yeah. still a baby face. So it's yep. hard. It's like That's what, what I'm saying. What healed Andrade? You could reignite the Andrade Drew McIntyre feud from NXT. You could, but Andrade's in that same program for for the ice, uh, not the IC, the the, the US, US Championship. Right. And there's the storyline where you know Zelina Vegas stables melting down. I right. just think that right now, you know, keep riding this horse. It's a good horse, yeah. but just stop having shit endings to your matches. Like right. Lana comes out. No man. I understand that you want to protect everybody and that's fine, but you know what? Maybe have drew get Bobby and do a compromising spot and MVP jumps in and costs him the match. Mm-hmm. And then MVP says, no, you got to trust me, man. You were going to lose anyway. I'm there for you this way. You can claim there was interference. You get a rematch. Just run with this football. It's a good right. football. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm also they're, okay they're with ask. them. I'm also okay with them playing hot potato with the title a couple for a couple months. Like have Bobby. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Rules, and then have Drew in it back maybe at SummerSlam. Uh, but yeah, I think they should continue the continue this program and just keep Lana the build. fuck away from the ring. How is now, how is how is Rusev gone and Lana's there? Or is this their way of getting Lana out? Finally, they just they just had to they had to put a bow on the storyline. They should have done it fucking months ago. But regardless. Okay, we'll see. Hey, we'll, fi- about- we'll file that under the we're not going to watch anything else on Mondays. Let's see what happens. File. Or, or, or the what's the point file. Um, 
Let's talk about another title that I don't know what the point of the title is anymore is the Raw Tag Team titles. For weeks, we've talked about the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders doing these I'm anything you could do, I could do better segments, which were kind of bland at first and they they became funny. It was it was some comedy. I appreciated their whole thing last week, but Uh, they were supposed to finally have an in-ring match, which I was looking forward to because they're two great teams. But it ended up being a cinematic masterpiece at Backlash. I don't know what we watched, why we watched what we watched, what what it all meant. What, Akira Tozawa now has a ninja motorcycle gang with this one giant ninja who is um, Omo Gebin. Mm-hmm. Omo from Gebin, develop, from, from development. development. I forget his, I'm saying his name wrong. What, what's he, 7'5"? He's like, yeah, he's like over seven foot. Dude, dude. <laughs> But what, what are they going to do with that? It's like Kai and Tai all over again. <laughs> like it's, fucking Kai and Tai. Uh, but uh, now that whole cinematic thing didn't do anything for either team. It just continued this whole we're funny. We are the comedy act for Raw every single week. And, and now they're just going to have a match because yeah, they didn't think of it. Because Big Show thought it would be a good idea. It took fucking Big Show to come back <laughs> to tell him, like, you guys should put your title on and face each other for the title in a real wrestling match. Who would have fu- thought? It's the Big Show. I look over oh Jennifer, I go, I go, what the hell is he doing here? And then yeah. after, after he comes in and throws that knockout punch, I see, check out the Big Show show. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I get it. That's this whole is. thing was to put over his comedy show. Of course. Okay. Of course. And because you know that Big Show is always on call when Vince always. goes, hey, hey, Paul, come over to Raw. We need you to f- fill about a half hour worth of time. Cool. I'll be right there, boss. <laughs> but now going back to the Viking Raiders and Street Profits and the dumpster at the end of that segment, mm-hmm. when those like sea serpent tentacles came out, I did. I popped. Well, okay. I think it's because I it got to the point where I didn't know what the hell was happening, and that just put it all overboard for See, me. See, Jennifer and I had a bit of a, a difference of opinion there. With the sea serpent tentacles, I was of the impression that that and the turkey leg were callbacks to Star Wars. Remember when they went down the chute? Uh, to to escape. Are you a Star Wars guy? Of course I am. I see. I fucking hate Star Wars. I'm one of those guys. Okay. But okay. So Ivar does the thing, and in my opinion, he used he the used force the, he used the force. Yeah. Like, and then when when you know Luke uh, when when they're in the, the 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 Death Star, they go down the garbage chute, and that thing tries to wow. eat him. See, that's the feeling I got. But okay. what Jennifer said is because Jennifer didn't put the 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 garbage disposal thing together. What she had said is she thought of the turkey leg as thor's hammer and i'm like well they're vikings okay cool Mm -hmm. so so i got to give them a little bit of credit it meant different things to different people i thought i thought it was a saturday night live sketch i think it started weird it was Mm -hmm. okay in the middle it ended pretty poorly but Mm -hmm. it did nothing on a night where we had another so it wasn't cinematic style The, the 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 orton um orton edge match was stitched together to look live so but but like why? I, yeah, what? I, I don't know what they're doing with these teams. I don't like as much as I, I can appreciate the charisma that Eric and Ivar have been showing. I don't like them in this role. They need to be the killers. Raiders. They be need the to be the war raiders. Yeah, murder motherfuckers. War machine. Like they were on the Indies. They need uh, to be war yeah. machine again. Yep. Warbeard Hansen and Eric Rowe. 
Rowan Hansen. They need to be those guys again, not Eric and Ivar who fucking are wear Viking helmets. The Viking, Viking experience. Oh God. <sighs> yeah, man. Anyway, I, I, but you know I, what? I you want to put it. the street profits and comedy stuff? Do it all the time. Just cut that shit in like half. And those yeah. those those vignettes, those videos uh, of them throwing axes and shit like that. Just long. They were long and just not good. And then they realize halfway through we need catchphrases. So mm-hmm. they start doing the turkey leg and then the you're cute and you not so much. Um, Eric did make me pop at one point, though, when uh, when he just looked up and he goes, I got this. And then everybody yeah. else like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yes. So it has its moments. But, but, but what's, what's the point? The point. Like, what's the point? Everyone knows the tag division is hurting on Give us both a- on, on both shows. Give us a good match. Give us a bad match. Give us a yeah. fucking match. Just give us a match. Uh, well, we finally, after all of that, did get a match. It wasn't just any match. It was the greatest, the greatest match, of, match all time. of all time. Now, the greatest wrestling match of all greatest time. Greatest wrestling match of all time. Now, I think they really shot themselves in the foot by branding this pay-per-view and that match with that mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. because... I'm going to list off nine wrestling matches in the history of pro wrestling right now that anyone here could argue is or could be the uh, one of, if not the greatest wrestling match of all time. Sure. Savage and Steamboat, WrestleMania 3. HBK and Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12. Triple H and Taker, WrestleMania 28. Omega Okada from Dominion. Seven-star match. Gargano and Adam Cole at TakeOver. Hogan and Andre, WrestleMania three. Someone could argue that that's the greatest match of all time. Cody and Dustin from Double or Nothing. Rock and Hogan, WrestleMania X8. Razor Ramon and HBK, SummerSlam 95. Ladder, baby. That's nine matches mm-hmm. that have been said in the past. It's one of, if not the Greatest wrestling match of all time. But now you're going to brand Edge and Orton as the greatest wrestling match of all time. Now, take nothing away from the talent. They both put on an amazing match. I thought the match was fucking amazing. It was fantastic. And real quick, from a reliable source, the match was not pieced together. It was all done in one shot. The reliable source is Bubba Ray Dudley. I will take his word as church. Because, in my opinion, he seems to be one of the smartest guys out there right now yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. However, that's got to be impossible. There was a couple. Yeah, in the very uh, opening. There was when a couple different up, camera. They locked up collar and elbow, and there was a cameraman on the ground underneath. shooting upwards. Yeah. And then that happened again towards the very end. There Those was were two, my, two or three times that happened. Yep. Those are the only three extra takes they did. But the match itself in its entirety was done in one shot. When did Edge hurt himself? I didn't notice. I was watching pretty hard. I didn't notice it either. That guy's a warrior. I was going to ask you that too. But yeah, so he he did tear his triceps. Already already underwent successful surgery. Yep. No, the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. No word about him being out for an extended amount of time. I'm sure we'll see him back maybe even in time for Extreme Rules. Did Did you catch all of Monday Night Raw? I did, yes. Uh, when, most of it. I didn't see everything Randy, with him and, with Christian, though. When Randy Orton came out and said that Edge will be back in July 2029, I <laughs> lost it. I lost oh, it. Oh, I missed that one. That's good. Oh, so good. Um, I like that. Uh, okay. Well, you know, if Bubba Ray Dudley says it, I'm going to take it as fact for a couple of simple reasons. One is 
Uh, I believe he's fairly respected among all of those guys. So if anybody's going to talk to him, I would believe that. And two is I have never, ever, ever lived that life. Even if that's his opinion, it's worth more than mine. So yeah. if, if that's, if that's something you heard, well, that, that means something different to me then, mm-hmm. you know, if that wasn't, if that wasn't, you know, an hour and a half or two hours of stuff that was pared down to 45 minutes, like we said before, right. uh, I have a much different opinion. The only thing, in my opinion, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, you mentioned this just before, so I won't wax on it too long, is the branding. Mm-hmm. If, if, they hadn't, if they hadn't put that moniker in it, that would be definitely in the conversation for match of the year. There have been a lot of great matches this year. That yeah. one could be in the conversation, but I think because of the moniker, everybody went in, you know, to quote Meltzer, you know, at negative two stars. So even if they had a five-star match, it was only a three-star match. Right. In most exactly. people's eyes. Now, again, like I said, the talent put on a great match. Ooh, I enjoyed fantastic. the match from start to finish. It was like a good, what we said, 35, 45 minutes, a very long match. Now, if they wanted to really harp on the greatest wrestling match of all time, I think the crowd that was in attendance mm-hmm. should have been a little, a little more invested. Oh, the, the voice track, the crowd track that they piped in was... I hated that. Oh, I hated the piped in crowd, uh, oh. the piped in audience track. I did appreciate the MSG mic at the beginning and the, the, Oh, the, the Howard Finks Finkel's voice. voice. Oh, it was oh great. so I, good. I, I, oh, I welled up a little bit. I got a little, yeah. got a little teary there. I really appreciated that, but I think the crowd that was physically in attendance should have been more invested. Um, I think that they should have shown wrestlers in the back watching the match on yeah. screen. Yep, that, if it's yep. the greatest wrestling match of all time, people are everyone from attention. Drew McIntyre to Braun Strowman to, Nakamura to the Miz, they should have been watching this on the screens in the back, or at least standing up on the ramp to get a a, a better up close view of the greatest wrestling match of all time. And, and see, now on the ramp would have been different. I would have liked to have seen that a lot more, but mm-hmm. they could have even edited in other spots of people watching this was a pre-produced match they didn't have to have everybody watch the night that they recorded it they could have said hey we're doing monday night raw because they they filmed it i believe on the 7th for uh shoot for they shot on the 7th for the show on the 14th so they had an entire week which means they had a monday night raw they had a friday night smackdown they had some other travel time Mm-hmm. Grab three, four, five people at a clip and film them in front of a monitor and then film some other people in front of another monitor. We don't have to see 25 superstars in front of one monitor, quote unquote, social distancing. You can say we've set up monitors all over the back because everybody wants to see the greatest wrestling match. Yeah, I, they, the wrestling was outstanding. Amazing. Again, for once, WWE overbuilt. Well, not for once. They, they, they shit the bed they, on the buildup, too. They yeah. just they, they, yeah, they did now, nobody uh, any favors. I think Orton and Edge did an amazing job building to the match. Again, both their promo work is phenomenal. I love how they don't touch. You know, they haven't touched since the last time they were in the ring together. Right. And they just, they built on this match with nothing but words and promo work. And it was Mm -hmm. phenomenal. You know, I like the addition of Christian last week, really getting Edge hyped up. (laughs) And then bringing Christian back in now to take one for the team and, I mean, he, he, he got a nut shot from Flair, and then he got RKO'd real quick, or I'm what? sorry, punted by uh, Orton. What's with the nut shot from Flair? Where'd that come from? That could lead us to another topic for another time. Fantastic. I, think, I like it, I yeah. I think potentially that could be going somewhere, but I have to see what happens on next week's Raw Okay. I elaborate. Yeah, no, because I, right? I got to admit, I was interested. Yeah. So, 
But uh, one thing I did like that I really appreciated that they, that Orton and Edge did was they did a lot of a lot of callbacks mm-hmm. to some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Oh yeah, and I have to give the commentators credit because they did a really good job of calling it out and shouting out who the wrestler or who the legend or Hall of Famer was that does these moves. I mean, you had the Garvin Stomp, the Ric Flair Chops, the Steamboat Arm Drags, uh, Arm Drags, the Three Amigos. They had the Cross Face. They didn't call it they the Cripple didn't, Cross nope, Face. Nope, but I they noticed called that. it out. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew it was oh, a yeah. back to Benoit because I knew Edge and Benoit and even Orton. They were tight. At least Edge and Benoit were. So I knew it. Uh, the Olympic Slam. The kill switch, which they call the unprettier now. The unprettier. Because Tyler Breeze uses it. Or Mm -hmm. um, no, not Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Tyler Breeze uses it. Uh, The pedigree and the rock bottom. So really great usage of the moves. Fantastic. It was done well. The pacing of of the match was done great from top to bottom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely started kind of hot, but then ramped up all the way till the end. Yep. Now, where do they go from here? Like, I didn't expect Edge to win. I mean, I mean, not Edge, Orton. I right. guess it makes sense. Edge already got one over in the, in the last time they fought. Mm-hmm. Have, have Orton win this one. But where do they go from here? Do they go into SummerSlam, SummerSlam match? rubber match? Summer, rubber match. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Edge will be back for Extreme Rules. Yeah, I think with this injury, they, they might leave him out purposely just to give him some more time to recover. Yeah, man. Because they want him back in the ring, he has to. He he's going to want to be back at his best. SummerSlam's you know? just just a, a what two? It's three pay per views from now, right? There's right. going to be the July pay per view, the early August pay per view, mm-hmm. and then SummerSlam late August. I think late I don't August, know something like that. Yeah, I, I haven't paid attention. There's too many. Whatever. But yeah, I think I think uh, I think the rubber match for those two at SummerSlam is a marquee event. I would yeah. I would hold off for, for a few more weeks, especially to give him time to heal if he's ready to go, or right. if he's not healed, uh play the wait and see game. Right. Now I have to wonder what's gonna happen with Orton now, because if Edge is gonna be out with injury, Orton already Orton uh took out Christian, you know, on Raw as well. Ric Flair seems to be lingering around the back. Yeah, Orton said he doesn't Orton is now the greatest wrestler of all time because he won the greatest wrestling match of all time. He doesn't need a title. He said a uh, title means nothing. So where, what, where does Orton go from here now? I love that they brought back the Legend Killer moniker. I've been mm-hmm. screaming it forever. And then he goes, hey, Hall of Famer. He's a legend. Yep. I'm the Legend Killer. I, yep. I, I, I love that coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe we see an alliance of, of, of Rick and Randy for a little bit. For the Randy to then reunion. For then Randy to turn on Rick and kill one more legend. Uh, I think there's a lot of meat left on this bone. I think that rushing into anything with Edge would be a mistake. Yeah. Funny you say that because so on this this week's Raw, we're talking about Christian and Ric Flair mm-hmm. and Randy Orton and the angle they had going on. Ric Flair trying to tell Christian, don't do this. Uh, don't go after Orton. And then uh, getting himself involved in their ma- in their unsanctioned match in the main event of Raw and giving Christian the nut shot so then Orton can come around with the punt. Now, I cannot take all the credit for this. Uh, I did. Uh, there was another celebrity wrestler, wrestling Hall of Famer, probably the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, he said this, and he really got me thinking, and I think it's worth bringing this up and talking about it. Earlier on Raw also, Ric Flair was backstage in a segment with his daughter, Charlotte Flair, asking mm-hmm. Charlotte, what's the next title you're going to go for? Charlotte's like, I do things when I want, how I want, or mm-hmm. however she worded it. Okay. Now, if you're going to 
have Orton open up the show saying he is the greatest wrestler of all time. When everyone already knows, hands down, the GOAT has to go to Ric Flair. Woo! Right? But if you ask Ric Flair who the greatest wrestler of all time is, he's going to say his daughter. Yep. He's, he's going to say his daughter. But he's also on the same, in the same breath, he's going to say it's Randy Orton. And Flair has been very vocal about how much he, uh, he appreciates what Orton does in the ring and how he does think that Orton is a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Be- best in the world. So now you have Ric Flair. Ric Flair is stuck in the middle between his daughter and his evolution stablemate. Huh. Wow. Do you think if neither Charlotte or Orton need a championship, I wouldn't mind seeing Charlotte versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam? <laughs> That's mind-blowing. Right? Um, I don't know, man. Randy is so big when you look at tessa she's fighting guys like eddie edwards even brian cage was short mike elgin is short randy's a big big man i mean i know charlotte's big but i think that's an awful lot for her to chew on in a wrestling match i could see her in like an aj styles or her in a seth rollins I, I like the story. Don't get me wrong. Anything that's going to put Ric Flair in the middle of saying, hey, man, I went up and down the road with this guy. I did everything with him. We've had championships and drinks together. We were jet flying, limousine riding, blah, 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 mm-hmm. versus him having the heart with his daughter as well, where he openly says that he feels especially talent-wise she per- surpassed everything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. I, I like the story. I just see that charlotte's first male opponent being someone the stature of randy orton maybe it's sexist of me i just think it's a little bit of a mountain to climb yeah no i I wouldn't say it's sexist i think it makes it more believable when the sizes do match i tend to think charlotte size wise height wise might have a few inches on orton uh i think no no not i think no way no way because well, how let, let's do some research. Like how yeah. how tall do you think Orton is? Is Orton Orton six three six four? Yeah, I was gonna say he can't be that much that much taller than uh, than six foot. So Randy Orton see. height. I, I got six five, but that's just me googling it. That's all that is. It says okay. six five, and so that's uh, six five for Orton. And that's then, not even. Oh yeah. Okay. So in five ten for Charlotte. That, okay. That's that's what I'm saying. Like so, like you know, um, uh, uh, like I said before, um, AJ Styles is that height. Seth Rollins is just shy of six foot. Right. Even Kevin Owens, I think, is only like a six footer. I just mm. think Randy is a mountain, especially perception wise, for the right. first one. I don't know. I, I think. Not so much with height. I don't think height was an issue. It's more of the way they're built. I feel like Orton, like you mentioned AJ Styles. AJ and Sasha, I think, fit good in the ring together. Charlotte and Orton, I think, have a better chance, almost a little more of, of a similar stature between the two of them. I, I see what you're saying. It's a smaller frame, but the similar build. But similar build. And I, I'll still, agree with it's, that. It's, it's an intergender match. The, will WWE ever do things like this? Who I don't knows? think we're going to see it. I don't think we'll see it during Vince's but, lifetime, at least. Again, that was something that I I noticed, kind of brushed off. I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't do that. But then listening to, to Bully Ray talk about it, I'm like, you know what? It's worth bringing this up and seeing what your thoughts were on this, uh, Maddie. Now, Yeah, I like it. I like I, it a lot. Yeah. 
I would love for them to do it. Unfortunately, uh, uh, we know Tessa already is the first woman to win a, a men's world championship, yep. but unfortunately her title reign has been kind of tainted due to the pandemic. Uh, has not yeah. even been able to defend the title once yet. Nope. No. And nope. now she's in a fatal five way. Is she going to retain or is the, are they going to put the title on someone else? Then moving forward. Going to tell you based on that match alone, I already bought the pay-per-view. Oh, for Slammiversary? Absolutely. And you do know there's going to be a former champion that's going to be in attendance. You know who it's going to be, right? Lay it on him, baby. E-C-3. Boom! Yeah, man, that's big news. I'm really excited about that. That actually shows up on my Google field, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of that. Remember, I I said it last week. We're going to have... We're obviously not getting Drake Maverick. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I've been I've been following as closely as somebody as aloof as me cares to follow on what's mm-hmm. going on with uh, Carl Anderson, uh, the big old machine gun. Um, yeah. But EC3 would be enough to make me really pay attention again. Um, yeah, it's just difficult for me to get to. It's difficult for me to watch. You know, I, I wish I wish access were easier to get. I wish I wasn't a million years old and I knew how to use Twitch. <laughs> um, because when I, whenever I go on to Twitch, whenever I go onto the channel, it's always like that ah, TNA impact night or 2004. It's like, like the old ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, nah, bro. I just want to watch, watch this watch week's this. impact. Yep. Like I was paying for impact plus, and it took me forever to get, Hey, this show is no longer available yeah. in your region. What do you mean? No longer. It never hit my region. Especially now with someone like potentially EC3 who is really oh, misused. Totally. Uh, I love his new look, by the way. Do, oh, you, follow, do you follow him on social media? Uh, oh, yeah. With, with the beard and everything. And he wears the hoodie. Uh, oh, dude, oh, I love what it. What a beast. I love it. Love his write, write your own narrative. That, hey, that, that's he, his thing now. I love it. His Instagram is Zach Ryder's internet, baby. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, speaking of EC3, how he was so... Uh, used poorly creatively when he was in WWE on the main <laughs> roster. Oh, Let's talk about the creative side of WWE now. That, so that was sure. all I have to say about, about Backlash. It's one big, <laughs> what the fuck? What, what's the point? I'm glad it's over. I don't want to go back and rewatch any of it. I want to forget it ever happened. Glad now, I don't pay for it. Like I just now, got it on the network. Hopefully with the changes that were made in the creative it will help the show's moving forward. Let's end off the show on this. So we heard over the past week that Paul Heyman was, was asked, Paul Heyman, I'm sorry, was asked to step down as head of creative on Raw, mm-hmm. and Bruce Pritchard is going to be running both Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a similar writing team as well. Yes. Now, here's my thoughts on this. I don't think it's anything against Paul Heyman. I just think it's because Vince and Pritchard go so far back Vince knows that Pritchard Pritchard's thought process might be a little more similar to Vince's. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Heyman real quick. Heyman is not, he was not asked to step down because he's bad at creative. Let's think back to his, he, him being the brainchild of ECW extreme championship wrestling. He was the first person to introduce a brand where you would go to the shows and you would chant for the brand. The brand. You wouldn't, you wouldn't chant for uh, the, the main event star, the champion of the brand, a, a tag team, your favorite wrestler, uh, a finishing move. No, you chanted for the brand. NXT has picked up that same that same magic in a bottle. Yep. But if you want to talk about a legit third brand, 
ECW could have been that brand. If there was money behind Paul Heyman's original creation, legitimate money and better television, absolutely. If you went with product, if you went with fan base, I mean, shit, with ECW, they didn't, now they did because Paul Heyman was a good promoter, but they didn't even have to tell you who was on the card. It's the same thing that happened with all the fed up fans with um, All In, the original one. They Mm -hmm. didn't announce a single match, but people wanted to be a part of it. ECW created that people wanted to be, they could have just put, Hey, we're wrestling this week. And it would have been a blockbuster. People want to see, you said it first, the brand people care. People care about the team, the player. They might have their favorites, but they care about the team. Mm -hmm. Paul Heyman is a creative genius, but everyone knows when Vince McMahon has his thumbprint on something in WWE. Yeah. It, you get guys like Pritchard, you get guys like Eric Bischoff, you get guys like Jeff Jarrett, you get guys like Paul Heyman who have who have had a part in creative in WWE. We've seen what they're all capable of doing in other promotions. But when their talent is brought to a Vince McMahon product, you know when there's someone goes, ooh, why did that happen? Or, ooh, the timing on this or the, the build on this. Uh-huh. You know it's not them. You know it's Vinnie Mac with his fucking thumbprint on everything. Yep. So I think this has nothing to do with Paul Heyman's lack of being creative. Nope. He is great at what he does. Oh, yeah. He, just not, has, he has not been given the opportunity to do what he can do on the WWE platform. Let's also hop in the Wayback Machine. Let's go to 2005, One Night Stand, the first year they did One Night Stand. <laughs> Bigger than anyone could have expected, including Vince McMahon. And yep. you know why? Vince did not have his finger on it. Yeah, he threw Austin. Hey, Austin, go crack a beer with Sandman at the end of the show. Who wouldn't want to see that, you know? Oh, no. But, but yeah, he left Heyman to his devices. Yeah, and then, and then when he saw that it was such a big, a big hit the first time, let's, then, do it, let's do it again in 06. You know, let's, let's start WWECW. Let's make it a third brand. Let's introduce the ECW Zombie. What? Let's introduce... Big Show, Paul White as the ECW champion. What? No. I, that's when Vince McMahon got his hands on it, and that's when Paul Heyman's uh, genius fizzled, and it, it, it barely made it out of its – did they even have a third one-night stand? I think they were going to and never did. I don't know what happened. but Let's Just go back. All you have to do is say two words, Viking experience. Oh, my God. I love how it always comes full circle. We mentioned but, it before. But th- that's my take on it. But what is your take on Pritchard now running both shows? I got to say, I'm kind of, okay, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I know that's very easy to say. And I can also admit, too, that I wasn't big into ECW originally. Uh, it was on at awkward times. And when I was old enough to appreciate it, those awkward times that it was on, I was already DJing uh, right. to, at already those times. In to the, watch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I already, you know, uh, I wasn't big with the tape trading. Um, right. My world, my wrestling world uh, uh, in that time was was very small. You know, the internet wasn't a big deal. Their tape trading uh, just wasn't wasn't really my thing. I didn't really spread my wings with wrestling until after the end of the Attitude Era. You know, uh, I wasn't a fan of the uh, the 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 early days of TNA. Uh, I didn't like right. the Octagon Ring. I just felt like it was a whole, I liked what was going on with the movement on WWE at that point, still, you know, towards the end of the Monday night wars and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that it was just, I I used to call it WWE light. Uh, I was one of those assholes too, where I only watched one program at a time because that was the superior product. And 
you know, for a while there with the NWO, it was this and that. So, so I, it's, it's, it's niche and cliche and easy to say I'm a Heyman guy. But that being said, I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit of continuity between the two shows, especially because, like you said, Pritchard has been a Vince guy since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Vince might be more apt to listen to one of his own. This is a really shitty word because Pritchard had a great run in wrestling prior to Vince, but Vince can view him at this point as almost one of his disciples, one of his people. I feel like he's going to have a lot more ability to move laterally. He's going to have a lot longer leash and he's going to have a lot more say in the conference room than they were ever going to give Heyman because Heyman will forever be branded as the wild card. Now, this is my eyes. I've never sat down in a board meeting. I've never sat down in a creative meeting. I am just some asshole who watches wrestling and likes to talk about it like he knows what's going on on a podcast. Let's, let's, not, let's not mix this up here. But I feel like with Vince putting one of his own people in this kind of place, we might be more apt to see change from a great mind. I feel like Pritchard's a great mind. I feel like Heyman's a great mind, but I feel like Vince thinks that Pritchard is one of his boys. Yeah. Now I know you haven't really watched SmackDown too much since Pritchard took over, but from what you know of SmackDown, what are your thoughts on what Pritchard has been doing creatively over on the SmackDown side? The things I've watched, I've enjoyed. Uh, Now, he also has the luxury of a two-hour program over there. I feel like Raw, especially with this empty ring shit, Raw's just too much, man. It's just too much. Um, When the Monday Night Wars were going on and there was nothing really happening and everything's fine, that's all great. Um, We're we're a 170-whatever character it is society now, man. Mm -hmm. Three hours is a lot to ask me to commit to. Um, The quality of the stuff I've seen on SmackDown – I think has been superior. I also think that for the most part, not the whole way, but they're starting to turn over to having more superior talent there as well. Uh, Personally, if it were up to me to watch either Raw or SmackDown, I would probably watch SmackDown. It's just that on Monday nights, I sit down and watch Raw. Right. The only thing that Pritchard needs to figure out on SmackDown is the Universal Championship picture, but I do agree. I think everything else was good. I think the IC title tournament, yep. uh, the match between Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles was great. Mm-hmm. How, how it got there with the Jeff Hardy angle could, you know, it, uh, it could be, could be, but left, they tried something. Know. They took the cameras outside. They did a skit. Uh, I'm saying it's right. not rinse repeat over there. I don't care if you miss as long as you swing. Right. So I'm hoping that, um, that Pritchard uh, really helps to streamline both stro- both shows now, Raw and SmackDown. Yep, yep. Interested to see what what comes of it. But hey, man, I'm sorry, but I had to come in hot today, man. I'm glad Backlash you did. Left a bad taste in my mouth. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's that's the loser yeah. music from Prices, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave hot. You ready for this? What's I'm gonna do here? our. I'm gonna do our first ever. Nothing to wrestle teaser. Ooh, I like this. Okay. On next week's episode, I'm going to discuss the Matty G hot take on The Undertaker's last ride. Ooh, you know what? I have not seen the most the news when it came out after Backlash yet. So and I'll this, be sure to watch that before. This upcoming we weekend is going to be the last one, so watch them both. But I'm just telling okay. you, I have already got a Matty G hot take in the chamber. I would have brought it out this week, but we we stayed uh we stayed pretty pretty streamlined and I think I'll I'll give it my take after the thing ends for anybody who might want to binge watch and catch up. Beautiful. Let's do that. So first ever nothing to wrestle teaser Bam. from Maddie G. I dig it. 
I dig it. We'll write a little note. We'll make sure to pay it off next week. Yes. <laughs> Let's make sure we don't forget. Kind of like how I forgot I still owe you a pizza. Oh, I didn't forget. <laughs> oh, I I'm know just, you didn't. I'm just a gentleman. <laughs> All right, fam. Well, if you've enjoyed the show, thank you for listening to episode 10 of Nothing to Wrestle. Be sure to check us out at the Fourth Wall Pop Network on your favorite podcast platform. Just go to anchor.fm slash fourth wall pop. Pick the platform you want. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of us and the Google of other shows that we have here on the network with us, including the Pop Culture Collective, the DFDC Show, Big Heck and Weight Adventures, Getting Grilled, and many more. Be sure to follow the network on Twitter at Fourth Wall Pop. That's F O U R T H W A L Pop. And check us out on Instagram at Fourth Wall Pop Network. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at EMG underscore JC Bones and on Twitter at JC Bones. Maddie, where can the fam find you and where can they check out your live feeds? Bam Bam on the Instagram, EMG underscore Maddie G, M A T T Y G. On your Facebook, that is DJ Maddie G, O S H E N, DJ Maddie Goshen. And at DJ Maddie G N J on your Twitter machine. Check me out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Most of the time, it's a loose schedule. Uh, sometimes I have to pick up Johnny from a uh, 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 an auto appointment and then go make another <laughs> appointment before getting home, and I miss. But but yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one fifteen. You can catch me uh, DJ and live on DJ Maddie G on the Instagram. If you hit me up on uh, um, Twitter. Or on Instagram. I said Instagram. I'm at Facebook. If you hit me up on Twitter or Instagram before any given mix, like a day or two before, and you throw in any requests, I'll try to get them in and shout you out. But that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1.15 p.m. on Facebook Live. My man. So once again, fam, we are nothing to wrestle. We are part of the Fourth Wall Pop Network, and we are here to make it pop. So on that note, goodbye and good night. Take care. We out. Boom. Boom.